0: Sisters, listen closely. Finding out he's the one can sometimes feel like traveling through a desert of uncertainty. I mean, every time you feel like you've reached an oasis, it ends up being a mirage. As your resident sister and friend, here are five common red flags that you need to steer clear away from. First up, if he's asking for your phone number straight off the bat, but not your dad's, well... That's a major red flag waving in your face. Next, if he's hitting you up with texts and calls late at night, you better believe he's not serious. And chances are, he won't respect your boundaries. Watch out for those put-downs disguised as sarcastic banters. You know, the ones that make you the butt of the joke? It's time to show him the door. And oh... If he's more interested in hearing himself talk than listening to what you have to say, girl, that's a sign you need to run in the opposite direction. And let's not forget the classic line, my ex was crazy. Yeah, right. If he's mouth-mouthing his ex left and right, chances are he's the one with the issues. And those are just the obvious red flags. Let's help you uncover what's really hiding underneath the surface with VibeCheck, the ultimate prompt card game for meaningful connections. Crafted with deep respect for Islamic traditions, VibeCheck goes beyond the surface, allowing you to discover the essence of your potential life partner's faith, character, and aspirations. With 8 thoughtfully crafted categories and 135 thought-provoking questions, ViveChick ensures a comprehensive understanding of your potential spouse from values and ambitions to personal quirks and preferences. Let I me mean, skip the surface level of discussions and dive straight into what truly matters. Visit our website, www.thedigitalstory.com, now and take the first step towards finding your righteous partner. Your journey to marital bliss begins here. Assalamu alaikum alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. It is your sister and friend, Adar, and you're listening to the Digital Sisterhood Podcast. So I am unbelievably excited to introduce this week's guest, besides the fact that she is one of my favorite people in the world. I really love the story of how she and I met. It's actually a funny story. So it was the start of the pandemic... And everyone was adjusting essentially to this new way of living, which mostly meant being locked up at home and spending unprecedented time on the internet. I remember I used to record videos um, because I was really into cinematography at the time. So I would go outside and record things I thought were beautiful. I even used to shoot videos of quotes of my favorite Islamic authors and post them. Anyways, Hannah <laughs> came across my Instagram? I don't know how. But I remember she sent me a DM that I read and I quote, This is going to sound super weird. Especially because I just followed you. But I was going through your page and subhanAllah, I gravitated to it so easily. Is it weird that I want to be your friend already? Cry emoji. I've never been so forward. May Allah protect you, sis. She shot her friendship shot. And let me tell you, Hanan scored. And of course, I wanted to be your friend too. I mean, she was a super talented, popular digital artist from Toronto. She had this kind energy that was clearly obvious even off the screen. So infectious, mashallah, and charismatic. I loved, I especially loved how all of her art pieces had meaning. She was incredibly committed to celebrating people's culture from all different backgrounds, including my own. I remember this one piece I had seen roaming around the internet, of Somali women doing Brambar, which I've never seen before. And I thought it was so vibrant and joyous. I remember showing it to my mom and it sparked a capsule conversation about her childhood. I understood then why representation art was important. We generally felt celebrated and seen. But I wondered, why? Why was Hanan so passionate about celebrating others in art? Was it something that she unconsciously did or was there something
1: more to it? I'm from Eritrea. Big ups, my country, <laughs> ba, East Africa. Ba, 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 ba. Where are my people at? If you're Eritrean, hit me up. <laughs> We're a small number of people, but we out here. Yeah, Masha'allah,
0: like, mashallah, have the love.
1: But yeah, I'm Eritrean, um, and uh, my parents are both Eritrean. My mom, Allah Hama, was born and raised in Kassala, Sudan. So that's why I love Sudan so much. I have so much maşallah, um, love maşallah. for the culture. She really instilled <laughs> um, her, like you could see her love for Sudan. Was there. <laughs> I love I'm like, it. I'm like, are you Eritrean or? <laughs> But yeah, mashallah. Um, and uh, yeah, so my parents met um, through family. Like they had already known of each other. But my dad had heard about her when mm-hmm. she was in Saudiya. Mm-hmm. She was working for the princess, y'all. She, she was, was working for the princess? My mother was working for the princess, y'all. The Saudi princess? <laughs> the Saudi princess. MashaAllah, <laughs> Yeah, she was working So for, random, though. So random. <laughs> but I think it was like a thing because in Arabia they have like a lot of, Princesses, like it's mm-hmm. not just one. No, it's a lot. Yeah, yeah. So she was working for. I was like, "Yo, you were living." She had people knocking on her door asking for marriage. She'd be like, "Nope, nope, <laughs> nope." And my dad knocked. She said, "Hmm." <laughs> <laughs> uh, sure, but- yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so in they ended up getting married. Um, they had their uh like their wedding celebration in Ethiopia and Addis Ababa, and then they came to Canada. Mm-hmm. Um, and then. They had me, I think, like, two years later. So there's me, mm-hmm. and then I have my middle brother, Rayan, and then I have my youngest brother, Hamza. MashaAllah. Um, so yeah, You're the only girl. I'm the only girl, and I'm the oldest. So, you know, you know the oldest girls, man. You already know what that means. Comes with a lot of, <laughs> <laughs> you know, but alhamdulillah, I wouldn't have it any other way, honestly. Um, so growing up, for my mom, she instilled a lot of love in me, and I really think— um, that made me the person that I am today, honestly. Um, And even in my name, the name that she chose for me that I used to hate growing up and I understand what it means now. I'm so thankful. But um, growing up, my mom really cared a lot about education. She cared a lot about, you know, making sure that I understand how the world functioned. And she was very like careful with how she raised me. One of the things that she used to do, I remember when she would come home, she'd always anytime she would pass by a garage sale which was really big back in the day she'd come back with a bunch of books and be like read it like <laughs> just read <laughs> and I'd be like okay <laughs> or um she was also a very humorous person like i remember one day we were coming home me and my brother we would always walk home from school and she was hiding behind the door and she had a face mask on uh, like a green face mask for her skin <laughs> And she just, we came inside and she was on all fours and she just like pounced on us. Wait, (laughs) She just pounced on, like, this is like the type of humor she had. She was so funny and she would just scare us. She was like, ah, I was like, where did that come from? So like she, she had, she had this like motherly nature to her, but she also had like made sure that she was also our friend. Um, And that was like really, really important to her. And I would always remember these little things that she would do. Um, She also instilled like the love of God for me very, very early on. Um I remember she used to walk 30 35 minutes to a Quran class and 35 minutes back by feet um just for us to like get there and make sure like we had like proper Quranic education um and she would do this every single day she did not drive um so this was like the type of person that she was um very early on and just growing up I would just see a lot of those values her character really was like instilled in me as I started to grow and I see a lot of her in me now to be honest Mm -hmm. but yeah what was the name that she hated the name that I hated the one was my own name you hated hated your (laughs) own name. I didn't like my name and I think it was just because like people couldn't pronounce it and I didn't understand the meaning behind what my name meant Mm. and so I used to always tell my mom like why couldn't you name me Sara or Layla or something just easy you know and it wasn't until a few years ago that I actually understood what my name meant. And it means like someone who's generous and kind hearted. And I was like, that is actually, I feel like is me as a person, you know? um. So now I love my name and I'm so thankful that she gave me that name because I live by that name as much as I can. Yeah, so honestly, that's who my mother, there's so many parts of her, but um, those are like the parts that I really remember. She was a huge storyteller. Mm. She was big on storytelling. I remember um, one day, it was really late at night after Maghrib, and we were walking to the park. And we were sitting on this bench, and there was like these trees kind of hanging over us. And we were just sitting there, and I remember it was like, do you remember those kiddie pools that mm-hmm. were in the park? It was like mm-hmm. right across from us. There's mm-hmm. nothing happening. It's just me and my little brother, and we're squished beside my mom <laughs> on in this bench, bench, bench at is. night, you know? <laughs> and I just I just remember I was, like, so scared because I would remember hearing stories of, like, the shaitlan yeah, being under the I, tree. I, tree. tree. <laughs> I was like, oh, my God, why are we here? Like, But she's like, I want to take you guys on a walk. Like, you know, I just want to talk to you guys. And I think I was, like, what, like, 8 or 10 years old? I don't even remember. But we sat there, and she just started opening up, and she was just telling us about her life, you know, growing up and what that was like for her. Um, She was telling us about how active she was as a child. She told us about her relationship with her uncle and how close she was as a family member with him. And that was honestly one of the first times that I saw my mother beyond just being a mother and like as this person that had a story. Um, And it was so beautiful. And I think that's kind of like when I started building like that friendship uh, relationship with my mom early on. And it just became so much easier for me to even open up with her. So that was like my childhood growing up Um, and like really the home environment that she built was so, so safe um, and so beautiful. But yeah, I love that. I love
0: that she gave you guys an opportunity to get to know her Yeah, and like her personality because sometimes you could just be a parent and you just assume your kid knows you. Right. You know, but she took the time for you to get to know her. She did. I love that. Um, What were you like as a kid? Were you shy?
1: Were you a wallflower? I was a crazy child. (laughs) (laughs) Like I was so hyperactive and Mm -hmm. I was always trying to do something new. I was always trying to explore. I was always trying to find something to keep myself busy. I couldn't sit still. Mm. And so that was something that, that was how I was as a child. And my mom, Allah, would always try to fill those gaps in. Mm -hmm. And, she would always try to make me explore the things that I loved very, very early on because Mm -hmm. she's like, this child is not a normal child. (laughs) There's a lot happening here. She's literally bouncing off the walls. Like, we need to give her something to calm down, you know? And um, that's actually, like, how she introduced, like, art to me very, very early on. That's when she kind of Um, instilled that love of art for me because she was an artist herself. Was she? She she was an artist herself, yeah. Um, And I didn't know that until she, like, would share it with me. I remember she used to make me trace my hands on a piece of paper and she would draw henna styles on it and be like, okay, now copy it and do it yourself. Right. And so that actually was how she made me become a henna artist very early. I was a henna artist at, like, nine years old. Shut up. I was a henna artist Now you being a henna artist? Girl, I was doing henna for brides (gasps) at, like, 12 yeah, it's crazy. My life is wild. <laughs> wow, your mom, wow. Okay, I guess she... So She instilled confidence in me. Wow, mashallah. I, subhanallah, like, I didn't feel like I was, like, good at anything, mm-hmm. honestly. I I, I was gr- grew up with a lot of insecurities in terms of, like, what I could and couldn't do. And she would always tell me, just do it. Just do it. Like, why are you afraid? Just do it. Yeah. You know? And she really filled my days with activities whether it was swimming competitions like everything you know and so art was actually like new for me but she introduced it and with henna art is actually how it started um and I remember I would have brides booking me, I swear to you, at 12, <laughs> 13, 14, 15, 16. Like, I was doing it very early on. Yeah. And um, it was such a shocker. Yeah, <laughs> I, so... I, can, I can
0: imagine. And you know the, the hustle and bustle of, like, the during the bride time, the stress. Yeah. Understanding she's getting married. Literally.
1: And yeah. I remember, too, when I was doing it, it was such a secret. Like, I wouldn't tell anybody that Aww. I was doing it. No one knew until I started doing it publicly. And they were like, oh, my God, you do henna?" I'm like, yeah. So that was <laughs> because so of mama. Like, you know, Mama was so big on, like, making me do do things, yeah, uh, making me do art competitions. And, like, was—I don't know where she'd heard about it, mm-hmm. but she just came home and said, I signed you up for an art competition. <laughs> I said, what? <laughs> Not you doing something without my consent. <laughs> like, listen. Listen here. Okay? How are you going to sign me up? Like, can I even— are my hands functional like that? Yeah, she already you know? thought you were the
0: Picasso. She thought I was. She
1: said, mm, Picasso, I like it. Like, she really was there. How like, old were you then? I think I was like somewhere between the ages of eight and ten. Mm-hmm. I'm going to guess because I honestly don't remember. But she's like, listen, just draw. Here's here's what you can draw. Here's an idea, you know. So I grabbed the finjal and the thermoses from the kitchen. And I just was like drawing what I could. Mm-hmm. I remember I used like crayons. And I think I used a little bit of paint. And it was actually so beautiful. You are impressed with yourself. I was impressed. I said, <laughs> I said, I did that. I said, okay. Okay, that yeah. go. Like, what? Oh my god. Who could talk to you right now? I, literally, I said, nobody could talk to you. Like, what are you talking about? So I gave it to her and um she submitted it. And we actually went together. Um and by the way, the art competition was in a masajid. Oh, yeah, it was in Dawah Center. I don't know if anyone knows if you're from Toronto, mm-hmm. but it's a masjid in Dufferin and Bloor. Mm-hmm. So, masjid yeah, Allah. it was actually in the masjid. I said, OK, mosques are, are you doing, doing art competitions. I like, love that. Yeah, so we submitted it. And um, uh, yeah, so then we, I found out I was in second place, um, got it back. She framed it. She put it up on the wall. And when I tell you she put it up on the wall, I'm not talking about a hidden wall. I'm talking about the first thing you see when you enter the house at the time was mm-hmm. that, like, framed MashaAllah. She wanted everybody she to wanted know, my daughter every, is like, Picasso. Literally. Then go. Literally. So that's where, like, the love of art was really instilled in me. And um, my passion to just create just grew exponentially after that. Like, I was always drawing and buying coloring books. And then, alhamdulillah, I was able to create it on like a different platform and use the different mediums but it's all from her
0: hanana was quite young when her mom was diagnosed with tb she went from seeing her mom as a strong businesswoman who instilled strong self-belief in herself to a person who is now fragile and weak needing gentle care at 13 the questions about life and death came running at her fast the looming questions she was too afraid to speak life into was all that filled her head. Is mama going to die? What Hanan didn't know was
1: that this question was shaped the next eight years of her life. When my mama had tuberculosis, um, she was coming back from a trip that she'd taken overseas and um, was incredibly sick. And I was in grade eight. I didn't know what TB was, so I didn't understand the disease. so she was incredibly sick. And I just remember it was such a clear moment where there was like eight or ten sheikhs just surrounding her. And she was um, on like this bed on the floor. And they were just reading Quran on her. And they were like, no, she like, she's going to pass away. Like it's really, it's really one. bad. So that was like the key moment where everything just shifted in my life. Like nothing was the same anymore. Um, and I didn't understand because I was still essentially a child. I was in grade grade seven, actually. So I didn't understand what was happening in the room. I just thought, okay, like, am I going to lose her? What does that mean? What does death mean? I didn't understand it. But alhamdulillah, she was able to recover from that. Um, and that was a huge oh. miracle. Wow. And that was when the world just was so different to me. Nothing mm-hmm. was the same. I couldn't see people the same. It like The world still had color, but it just wasn't... Like full color was almost like a faded t- type of color because like I knew how weak she was. You know, it was like year after year where things started to change and she started getting more sick. And then you know, mm-hmm. was it
0: like I can imagine at seven years old, you know, you kind of look at your parents in this like invincible yeah. outlook. You're like, oh, they're they're like the most invincible people. They'll always be around. Yeah, you know. And what was it like to for the first time as a kid to look at your mom like, oh my gosh, she's there's a she there, come a time she'll never be around like she's not Mm -hmm. invincible like she's you know because your parents could be your superhero but what was that was it
1: difficult even moving on yeah I think um honestly like the emotions at that time is something you can't really replicate but I just remember feeling like I knew my world was going to change from that point forward I just didn't know what that would look like and why it would change you know um but I also didn't understand that she could potentially pass away. So, so when she got better, I thought, yeah, like she is invincible. Everything's fine. Like it was just like a cold or something like she's good. Um, but I saw the weakness because she had to take pills for two years every day, like these gigantic pills. And I could see the weakness. And it was so unique to me because I, I had to understand that she was so fragile now. Like, I had to even be careful with how I was hugging her or how I was speaking to her or, like, making sure that I just made sh- wanted to make sure that she would never get angry. You know, like, whatever she needed, I wanted to be there as much as I could. Um, so that was where it, like, started. And then as life kept going on, I started seeing, like, her mold and change into this completely different person. She was still the same person, but physically, you know, she just looked so different. Mm-hmm. And it was hard. And I think, honestly, one of the hardest parts was that um, just the taboo of sharing that, you know, family members are sick. You know Mm -hmm. how it is in the East African community. Um, So I had to hide that for so long. Yeah. And um, here's a tissue. I didn't (laughs) know I was going to start crying so early. It's okay. But, yeah, I had to hide that for so long and, you know become a caregiver I didn't know what a caregiver was but I had to jump on that boat and just do what I had to do so early and um that's when like you know I really was doing a lot of research on what it means to love your mother on you know what it means but like the value of a mother in the eyes of God and like just like doing what I could so I was like always on my feet and that was like so early on which is new I feel like I just wasn't a child anymore you know my, my responsibilities changed um you know who i was as a, as 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 an individual completely changed character development i just had to see the world so differently so that's kind of like how it started um
0: so now like you're you're seven you see your mom changing you see life is changing and now you're stepping into a huge role as being a caregiver what was that journey like cuz i know that journey was a long one
1: yeah um, it was the longest journey of my life. I can imagine. <laughs> it was, on imagine. A, yeah, it was the longest journey of my life. And I think, like, for me personally, what had made it harder was I told myself that it was normal for me to not share what was happening. Like, yeah. I had to learn to just deal with it and only turn back to Allah Zawaja. Like, that was my way of coping. Um, and so... I, I had to learn to just grow up quickly. I had to learn to navigate the world a lot differently. I had to see people a lot differently. like, And that was really hard because I knew what her life was like in private and how she would function in public. Because my mom was the most incredible person. She was so popular in the city. She was a successful businesswoman, honestly, one of the most successful businesswomen. Everyone knew her for her character, for who she was as a person, and... They just didn't know that she was suffering in silence. And that was a choice that she had made. She told me, like, I don't want anyone knowing what I'm going through because I don't want them to see me in a different light. I don't want them to have pity, you know. And so how I had to respect that, of course. And so that was why I just chose not to, like, share what was happening and stuff. Um, and then it, it she got more sick. Um, like it went from, like, bad to worse. It essentially went from bad to worse. Um, So now she had cancer. And, you know, whats it's wild because you were talking about, like, invincibility and, like, what that, like, what was that like? You know, I genuinely thought she was a superhero and I said, she's going to get through this. Like, what are you talking People, people heal. She will be okay. And so I would convince myself of that as I was taking care of her. I'm like, she'll be fine. But it progressed and it got worse and then it got better and then it got worse and then it got better. So it was like this roller coaster of eight to nine years of our lives, you know? Yeah. I didn't know how to function, to be honest. I think I kind of became numb, but I had to deal with it. That was my way. I was like, I need to be the person that's strong here because what else am I going to do? There's no one else. You know, I mean, my father, of course, was there and supportive and my siblings. But as the eldest daughter, it was like this whole other, like, it felt like a, a whole other responsibility on my shoulders. Yeah. You, you had know?
0: to be, you had to be essentially her mother. Essentially.
1: You yeah. Know, you and, had to,
0: you had to, you had to be strong. You had to be her strength. Right. And her optimism. And right. So like when you were in the, in the room with your mom getting, you were in the room. Yeah. Getting the news. Yeah. Tell me about that like moment where it went from like, Oh, like you had this, like she was getting better and it get worse to get better, mm-hmm. but this is different. Yeah. You know, like when the C word comes right. out, it's like, the first thing I assume like you think I would think is like, oh, my God, this is is this the end? Right. Yeah. You know? So tell me about that
1: moment. Yeah. Like, that morning or the afternoon. The, the moment was different for me as well because I was older then. So like I actually understood what cancer meant, you know. And um, the funny thing is she had she actually had cancer before, but she just didn't tell us. She had kept it a secret. Yeah. Wow. So now this was the first time that I was hearing about it. And mm. I was like, oh, OK, like, what am I going to do? But this wasn't her first time. This wasn't her first time. She just didn't tell us. Subhanallah. Yeah, so, and that was, like, her way of being strong, you know? Like, she was just dealing with it privately. And it was just insane to me that someone could do that. Yeah. And, like, you know, but, yeah, that was, um, I just remember telling her, it's okay, mama, like, everything's going to be fine. Like, we're going to deal with this. Inshallah. Like, you're so strong, mama. Look, look, you literally beat TB. What are you talking about? Like, we're going to do this. Like, come on. Like, you're fine. Don't worry. Don't worry. I was just like making her feel, and that was like my way of coping as well. Cause it's like affirmation. The more I said it, the more I believed it. And that was literally how I got through it. Um, And so that moment really shaped also how I was like caring for her as well. Um, And so, she, I remember she traveled um, She did Umrah Wow And she came back And The cancer was gone What? The cancer was gone Completely gone Your mom went to Umrah She came back
0: She came back and The cancer was the gone The cancer was gone <laughs> So you mean like she Sorry I, I'm, I'm <laughs> so shocked So she went to Umrah Came
1: back She got a ra- like radiology Like she got- They said there's not even a dot Like nothing They were shocked What did they say? Because the tumor was big. The tumor was huge. Yeah. They said there's nothing. She has no cancer. They were shocked. And I was like, God is so good. I was like, God is so good. Like, I just, and I remember how happy she was. And like, now it went from like my life having a, Dim amount of color to just full color, bright, like, highly
0: saturated with highly, contrast. At the, t- like. I'm telling you, brightness. <laughs> you know when you turn the brightness up, it was up. I was like, yeah. Oh. It's like when someone puts on glasses. You're like, oh, this is what it's like to see.
1: Literally, you know. So you I, so, I was blind, but now I see. I was literally like, you must have been shocked. Like I was, was like, I was so shocked, but like I felt so elated. Like I was so happy, and. I felt her happiness, too, because there was, like, a different energy coming mm-hmm. from her. There was, like, this, almost, like, this confidence of, like, I beat this. Allah allowed me through this. Exactly. And and I really believe it was because of her love of Allah azawajal. Like, my mother was a lover of God. My mother was a lover of God. But, yeah, and then, of course, there were a bunch of other things that, like, changed throughout. But, yeah. Um, I just remember we were at home and she told us we were related, we celebrated. And yeah, that was like our way of, of dealing with it. And then we just moved on with life. We just kept going. And then she went on vacation she traveled. My mom. My mom loved to travel. By the way, Mashallah. She's, mashallah. She was big on traveling. She's a business person as well, so she was always doing business trips on her. Super. Oh, my mother was so independent. <laughs> I was like, she felt like a boss chick. And for, like she was boss girl yeah. when boss girl Bro, didn't wh- exist. It wasn't like when, and I just, and I know, I just. Remember, like now I just look at my dad, like, you really let her like she was out here. Like she's you know? A, she was a breadwinner, she confidently, was the, right? Masha'Allah, like like to this day, I just I just think about the things she would do. And like yeah. this is also while she was sick, you know? And yeah. I'm like, I just could not believe like, a person could do that and still like navigate like things were okay. And that was just her way. Like she was, you know, she's like, I have to do what I have to do to provide. Like this is my way. Yeah. So at this point, I was in year, my last year of university, um, and that was like the most hectic time for me because I was taking nine courses, which isn't normal. <laughs> just, and, and you were going to UFT, and time. I was going to UFT. So I don't know what you were on. I don't know nine I just, courses. I don't know why I'm like this. <laughs> like, and they're full time, full year, a full year student, full You're year. Out of your damn minds! <laughs> I don't know what I was thinking. But I was very much. Ambitious. I need to get this done. Very mm-hmm. ambitious. I was super on my in my studies. I was in my books, like, and lot how my mom loved that, yeah. you know, and I and I knew it would get, get her out. you know if we come <laughs> back like I got a ninety five, like yeah, like you know, like she she just loved education and yeah. she loved science, you know, yeah. so she would always like come on, like get into the sciences, yeah. and I'm like okay, I got yeah, this, yeah, like yeah. you need to see me yeah. succeed, you know. So, Hanan understood that life
0: was fleeting, that even the best laid plans. Don't go the way that you want them to. She started feeling a sense of urgency. She really wanted to share her best life experiences with her mom. She started taking a year's worth of courses in a single semester. Almost an impossible workload. But she knew that the end goal would be worth it. She was determined to have her mom see her walk across that stage. And just as she was about to cross the finish line, her aspirations... And the plans of Allah subhanahu
1: wa taala misaligned. One day, I uh, I was coming home, and um, there were she just started coughing a lot. She was coughing blood, and I just was like, it was so like I was confused, but I didn't know how to react. So I just like kind of looked at her. She's sitting there, but she told me she's okay. I'm like, there's blood coming out of your mouth. Like, you're not okay. So what can I do? I just, I called 911. The ambulance came and they took her. And I remember I had an exam the next day. So I was like battling this thought in my head of like, I'm very much a go-getter, but I'm like taking care of like what my mom wants to see, but also like having to take care of, it was like a lot on my plate, you know? So I just remember... We go and they admitted her into the hospital and the hospital that they admitted her to was a hospital that I was actually volunteering at, which was so crazy. <sighs> Subhanallah. That's <laughs> so crazy. Um, But I just remember like even I would navigate like things were fine because I didn't even tell my supervisor. I was like, didn't tell her that my mom was admitted in the hospital. I was just like. Yeah, I'll visit you on my break. Oh, wow. <laughs> like, you know, I was like functioning because I'm like, she can get through this. She's battled, like, beat cancer so many times. So many years you've done this and right. she's beat it. Right. So um, I just remember they admitted her and she was there for a couple of days. Mm-hmm. And um, there it was a doctor. We were in the room with her. It was just me. I remember um, the doctor kind of just like looked at her, looked at me. We just kept, like, the room was quiet. And he goes, "Uh, unfortunately, there's nothing we can do. He's like, unfortunately, there's, we, re- we really can't do anything. He emailed um, her main doctor, who was this um, Muslim man, who just wasn't working with her anymore. And she was begging him to just talk to the doctor she was working with because he understood her. He spoke Arabic. She spoke Arabic fluently. And, like, there was an understanding there. And he's like, I'm so sorry. There's actually nothing we can do. The cancer has spread beyond what we can control. And um, I just remember just looking at her. And um, the first thing she said was, please, doctor, can you try something? Because I want to be with my kids. I can't leave them. And um, that was so hard to hear because for someone to be, like, dying... And for the first thing for them to say is, I don't want to leave my kids. It's just, it, it floored me. I was shocked, you know? And I just remember, my dad was outside of the room, so he didn't hear all that was being said, you know? So my mom was sitting there just crying. And I just went out to my dad, and I just told him, I'm like, Baba, this is what's happening, you know? And he started crying, because of course, that's the love of his life, you know? And so... I just remember, like, the world just kind of shut down for me at that point. But I was still trying to cope. Like, I was still telling myself that I was like, Allah would never do that to me. Like, I'm like, I'm such a good servant. Like, I do everything the way he wants. I pray on time. I'm like, I never disrespect my parents. I'm like, Allah, please don't take it. So, like, that was, like, my mind, you know? And so, I I just remember um, we were... I just remember like my grandma was there too and she had come to the country to be with her cuz she was sick you know. Um and it was just a lot of emotions but I tried to handle it the best way that I could and um they admitted her immediately into palliative care. And it's crazy because I feel like I feel like God was protecting me in a way because imagine I was a science student and I didn't know what palliative care even meant. Like, it's wild to me. I did not know what it meant. I did not know why she was there. I it's like, I'm. like It's like there was a part of my brain that shut off that idea that she was going to die. You know, I was like, there's no, no, no. I'm like, what? I'm like, she's going to get better. Like, she's talking to me. Like, she can talk. And that's when, you know, your community is like huge when someone's sick, you know. So I just remember like. I'd be with her in the room and now it's exam season, you know, it was touching closer to winter. So I'd be with her and I was so oblivious. I genuinely did not think she would pass away that I was sitting in the room beside her, like, crouched on her hospital bed studying. I was studying anatomy with her. and she, It was just so wild. Wow, straight. subhanAllah. I just did not believe. I was like, there's no way. Um, And then I, this is when, like, you know, people started visiting. So there was, like, less time to, like, be with her. And... um she would just make these jokes. Like my mom it was so lighthearted. Allah I just remember she like looked at me and she's like, they had trouble um, finding the veins on her body. And she was so fragile. Um, and she would be in pain every time they would try to find a vein. She's like, they're hurting me. Like, you know, she's like, they can't find it. And they have to find the randomest places to put the IV in, you know. And so she, they, it caused like a bruise on her, her wrist. Um, and the bruise was shaped in the, a perfect heart. <laughs> and she like I remember she's like she's like I not come see this oh my god it's shaped like a heart she's like I have a tattoo <laughs> and I was like oh my gosh <laughs> so like so you know like Like, I can't imagine, God forbid, if I was in a situation like that, I would not be looking at a heart-shaped bruise, you know? (laughs) Just like... This is is as close as I'm getting to a Right. I I would not. I would just be like, you know, in my own head. I'd be... I don't even know what I would be thinking. You wouldn't be able to even laugh. I wouldn't. I really... Just knowing where you're at. At all, you know? And and she found a way to laugh. Right. And um, I just... uh, that was the conversation then that we had that I told you about, where um, she said, You know, which means forgive me. I was like, Mama, for what? Like, what have you done? I'm like, You take care of me, you raise me, you fed me, you have to forgive me. I feel like I wasn't a good daughter. She's like, Are you kidding me? I was sleeping on the floor out there for days taking care of her because she would wake up at 4 a.m because she'd have to vomit because of the chemo and she was allergic to the dye she was just so fragile and I'd have to change her um the oxygen tank there was just so much care involved um and she's like she's like I don't know anyone else who took care of me the way you did she's like for you to even ask for forgiveness is shocking to me but I was like I feel like I still wronged you it wasn't enough you know i was at school i could have been at home i should have done more i felt so guilty you know and then um of course she asked my father my father asked for forgiveness my siblings and i'm so thankful for that because not many people get that opportunity you know um so yeah so then i remember um this is kind of where things started changing quickly um i was walking in her room and now the cancer had spread dramatically and she wasn't able to speak anymore at all. So that's when I was like, I can't even talk to her anymore. I couldn't converse. I couldn't, um, you know and, and and it wasn't even that she couldn't just talk she wasn't the same person because when you have cancer and you know your body's dying out on you you just become so weak like you almost become infant like an infant like you the, your needs change I remember she put out her arms for a hug and I thought she wanted to hug me I was so excited but she wanted to hug her best friend who was in the room um who's literally my second mom now um, but I remember she also said before she passed, like, this is your new mom, which I took with me. And she is my second mom now. I, I love my aunt so much. And Tazi is literally the best. Shout out to her. Honestly, she got me through. Um, but she um, she was hugging her. And I just remember feeling so heartbroken because I'm like, what about me? <laughs> you know? Um, but, yeah, and I just remember, I like, she was so weak to even pray. Like, she could, like, and I would be like, mama, like, Please try, you know. I was like, we can figure out a way for you to make wudu, So you do your salah. Even close your eyes and pray. Like, try. Adar, do you know the last thing she said before she passed away? Her last words that she ever uttered? is, We sat with her and I said, Mama, like, okay, just, you can't talk, right? Just try. Just try. Just say the shahada. Just try. And she did. And that was the last thing she ever said. And she couldn't talk anymore. She couldn't speak. Allahu Akbar. Allah, she couldn't talk. And that to me was like now looking back at it was like, oh, Allah really loved my mom. Oh my god, Allah loved my mom. So um yeah, so then I remember I was with her. Um I had uh my exams were coming up. I remember I was so stressed, but I again I was in denial. Even as she was literally dying in front of me, I was in denial. And I remember There were a whole bunch of people in the hospital. I was like, okay, mama, I'm going to leave. I'll be back, inshallah, um, tomorrow, because they're telling me I have to go. I've been with you for four days. And our family members were pushing me to go home and, like, take a shower and everything. And I was like, okay. I was like, okay, mama, I love you so much. I kissed her. I'm like, I'm going to see you tomorrow, inshallah. And then I just remember I was walking back to my cousin's house, and we were in the car. And by the time we reached home, the hospital wasn't far from her house. We sat there for, like, five minutes. And they're like, oh, we got to go back to the hospital. And I was like, okay, that's kind of weird. Like, we just got here, you know? And I remember I'm sitting in the car. It was raining outside. And I'm just looking at, like, the rain falling on the window. And I was just, like, in my head, like, what is happening? No one was talking. Everyone was quiet. I'm walking back to the hospital. um, And I'm walking down the hallway. And I see all my friends, like, by the wall. They're just standing watching me. And I see family members on the other side of the wall and i'm just like in the middle walking you know and my dad looks at me he goes moita he goes moita 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 which in my mind, she died she died i'm like what if my dad dropped on his knees imagine we're in the middle of the hallway he's like she's gone like she's gone and i i don't even remember i feel like i kind of blocked out most of it but my reaction was I obviously started crying. They covered her face and you know with the, her the bed sheet over her head and I walked into the room. And they kept trying to kick me out. My aunt, everybody was like you can't be here. You can't see her like this, you know. And I was like I have to see her. Like I have to see her. So mind you, when someone has cancer, a lot of the times you'll see that their face is very swollen. You know, they have a puffy face. Um, Things change, you know. So I open it and her face wasn't swollen anymore. And I just remember just kind of staring at her face. And that's like the tears just started coming. Like I just started crying and I was like kissing her face. And there was a Quran beside her bed. And um, I just took it. And I just opened it and I started reading as many surahs as I could to her. I just, I didn't know what to do in that moment. I couldn't react. I didn't know. I thought, okay, let me try this. Like, maybe this will help me, you know. I couldn't even now thinking about it. Had this happened today, I don't think I would have had the same reaction at all. So I'm just reading these Qur'an verses to her as much as I could. And I, they're like, khalas. But I'm like talking to her. I'm like, mama, how could you leave me? You didn't get to see me get married. You didn't get to see me graduate. I had two months left. Like, it's so close. I was like crying to her. Mama, you promised you'd be here for this. And like, you left. Why'd you leave me? You know, I was just like feeling all these feelings were coming out. And then I just, they told me, "Chalas, like, we need to cover her. That's enough. You know, so they pulled me away from her. And I just remember being so angry because I'm like, how can you take me away from my mom? Just give me two more minutes. All these guests have been taking up her time. So I remember walking back um, and I just walked back. I knew where the prayer room was in the um, hospital. And I just remember my uncle was following me. I think he was scared that I was going to do something. I don't know. He's just following me to the prayer. I'm like, I'm just going to go pray. I'm just going to go pray. So I go there and I prayed to God and I just stayed in sujood for so long I don't even remember how long I was there for. And I just I stayed there and I was just I felt sadness but I also felt like relief if that makes sense. And not relief because I lost her but relief because she wasn't feeling pain anymore. And that was such a like big thing for me because I said if leaving the dunya is better for her then let that be like if Allah decides to take her it's that's her he doesn't she doesn't belong to me you know and so I just remember that and then from that point forward things kind of like really shifted um I remember the next day all my friends were amazing they were so supportive I love them all they were there um staying with me they slept over and the next day was the Janaza. and um my uh one of the male family members was there and he's like okay we're on our way now to the janazah. and i said i'm so, like uncle so-and-so um can i please like wash my mom is that okay Subhanallah. yeah i was like can i like he goes what i'm like can i please wash my mom and he goes uh he's like yeah okay like we'll make it happen whatever so i get there and um, he drops me off um, inside the masjids, like you know where like they clean the bodies and stuff. One of the things people don't talk about is when someone passes away and someone that you love and know. And mind you, I've never even been to a janaza before. The first janaza I've ever been to was my mother's. Like I've never, my mother would hide me away from janazas because she didn't like the idea of children being there. She felt like it was too big of a deal. So that was the first time I was like, this is what a janaza is, you know, like what is going on. So I, it just life didn't feel real. Like, everything was frozen in time. I felt numb. Like, if people touched me, I just felt like I couldn't feel anything. And then a few moments later, they bring my mom back in this body bag. And I just remember, like, is this normal? Like, I didn't think that was a normal thing. Like, she, it felt like it just felt it just didn't feel normal. So they put her on the table and they unzipped the bag. And it was two women, one of them who was part of the community and another woman who was part of the mosque um, that were there with you, that were there with me. Um, so I was just quiet. and did talk. They unzip her. And she's still in her hospital clothing. She still has bandages on like nothing. They didn't take anything off. It's the same position that she was in when she passed away is when she was there in the, in the room. And um, I unzipped the bag. And I just, like... I just remember looking at her. And I just held her face. And other the lady in front of me, goes... I've never washed or looked at someone that has so much noor in their face before. She was smiling. Adar. I didn't even think that was normal. And I just Allah remember... Subhanallah, Akbar. So I was, like, literally holding her face. And just staring at her for, like, the longest time. And I just kissed her. And then, like, we started washing her. And we washed her, we wrapped her. Um, and then when we wrapped her, we did like the whole incense thing. And then that's when people started like coming to visit her for the last time to say their goodbyes. And that was like my last goodbye It was then and there. And, um, yeah, then I just had to, that was when my life like changed forever. The world just wasn't the same. It went from full color to just black and white for so long. And um, I just had to put on a brave face, you know, because I had younger siblings and I also had the community that was obviously like pretty supportive, but it was still hard because my way of dealing with grief was so different, you know?
0: You see, grief is an interesting thing. It comes, it goes, it hides, it implodes. I know that most people describe grief as a state of being to escape from. But I think that grief can also be a proof of love persevering, too. Not just a consequence of loss, but love living on. But the honest and realest thing about grief is that, although it is one of the most common human experiences, it still looks different on everyone. Unfortunately, not everyone understood that. And so Hanana only had to deal with the heartbreak of her mother's death, but she also had to deal with the judgment for not mourning the way they wanted her to.
1: I'm big. I mean, you know me, other Like, I'm so... <laughs> not scared of vulnerability, but it's hard for me to open up in terms of my emotions sometimes. And I think grief was a huge emotion for me that I didn't know how to process, you know? And so I thought the best way of dealing with it... And I actually, to be honest, how people deal with grief is very different. And you can never judge a person with how they deal with it. Like, how they deal with it is how they deal with it. But... I was crying and crying and crying, and when I would cry in front of people, I didn't like the response I was getting because it was like, oh, it's okay. Oh, it's fine. You'll be good. And I'm like, I don't want to hear this. Like, So I just shut down, and I just couldn't cry in front of people anymore. I was just quiet. And I remember, like, that reaction caused a lot of problems because people thought that I just didn't love my mom. Wow. Yeah. Like I, Are you serious?
0: Like people like people, really had the, the there, audacity? Yeah,
1: there were people who... Um, I just remember. I thought I was being strong. So I just... I couldn't react in front of people. I was consoling. I was making sure everyone else was okay. I had people that knew my mom for years. And I was telling them, oh, it's going to be fine. Like It was like I was doing the job of caring again. I was doing that caregiving role for other people. I just kept going. It was like my way of coping, you know? So I... I had to be like... I shut myself down. I remember I was playing with this kid in the masjid during the janazah. A little child. I was laughing with the child. That was my way. I love kids. I just wanted to forget what was happening. And I remember a mom was just looking at me oddly. Like, why are you smiling right now? Your mother's dead. Um. So yeah, I subhanallah. just... SubhanAllah. SubhanAllah. And um, I just remember... uh, Yeah, like I just remember hearing like rumors and stuff from the community. Like, I don't... There's something wrong with her. Like, she's not... Crying, She's not... Like, maybe she had a bad relationship with her mom. Maybe she was waiting for this. Like, I would hear things like that. But then I would hear the other half of, oh, wow, she's so strong. And she washed Mm. her mom." Like, I would just hear... And I just shut myself off from the world at that point. And I was like, if this is what people think, um, then maybe there is something wrong with me. Maybe I... Did I not... Did I wish for this? You know? Like, but I knew myself well enough to know that wasn't the the case at all, you know? Honestly, like, I just... I just remember i would be walking like on the like i'd be walking on the sidewalk and i couldn't even see the world the same like i would be like wow there!" my mom is literally under the earth right now like i'm walking on top of the earth and she's underneath like i was i was still processing that and my friends are so supportive and i remember again this was exam season right i couldn't <laughs> I couldn't even study, of course, but I didn't know what to do. I didn't even know who to to ask. How do you like delay an exam? I remember I wrote like four exams two weeks after she passed away. Subhanallah. And I remember I was numb yeah. These are anatomy exams and things yeah. like that. And wow. I aced all of them. Like create like I remember I got like 96s and and I and and mind you, I wasn't functioning. So I was in shock. I'm like, obviously Allah loves me because I couldn't can't function and I'm still writing these. My mind is numb. And just like everything, I remember even I would look at how people would navigate their relationships with their mothers. And I was like, I'd feel like I would put in my unsolicited advice. I feel like, (laughs) please. I was in Indigo. I was working at Indigo at one point. I remember there was this mother and daughter fighting. Yeah. And it was like my third week working there. I was still new. I remember I pulled the girl aside. No. You did not. I pulled the girl aside. (laughs) No, you did not. Yeah, you pulling like an Aussie. Yeah, like for real. And I'm like, I just, you know, I, I just look, like, I was like, You like, love your mom. I was like, Love your mom, please. Allah subhanahu wa please. <laughs> <Allahum> <laughs> <was> like, please. <laughs> and she, it was with that, an Adan that girl, too, it was a white girl. She's looking at me. Not like, you go to a white like, family. Well, I was it's all, it's a white, f- f- listen. You know, and she's just like, Okay, <laughs> <I was> like, <laughs> she's like thanks. Um, okay, and I was like, yeah, uh, I'm just, I don't know, I just felt yeah, I was like, shaking in I my boots. <laughs> like I just, had to tell you. <laughs> I was like, you need to hear this for me right now. I am going through it. <laughs> oh my goodness! Oh my god! Because yeah. when
0: you know, you know, yo. When you know, you know, and and and, yeah. and there's a thing though, right? Like mm-hmm. when you, when you, you, when you know the loss of something. Yeah. Like, my mom is very much like that. Yeah. Well, like, Costco. Yeah. It, Co- Costco's the word. I can't go to Costco with my mom. <laughs> she's giving a qulba every day about the importance of Walidain, <laughs> <of laughs> about parents, okay? And you think it's because she's a parent. Right. No, it's because she always talks about her mother. Right. My mom, my grandmother had cancer. She right. had a ovarian cancer. Yeah. And I have never, and I was a kid when I saw how yeah. my mom t- took care of her. Yeah. And I'm listening to you, I forgot yeah. that my mom was a human too.
1: Right. And she right. was seeing
0: her mom just, you know?
1: Yeah.
0: And, uh, and, and sometimes I, I get annoyed with my mom. I'm not gonna lie. Every yeah. day she's giving me lectures about. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know, like parents are not a joke. Yeah. You you, right now, you, you, you laugh at me and, and this and the third, but
1: like, I'm not going to be here one day. I would always hear that. Either. And she always yeah. says it to me and I look at her I'm like, but how are you are here? <laughs> yeah. No, <laughs> yeah. for real. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and you know what? My mom would always say that too. Like, you know what? In, in my language, tomorrow morning, you're not going to see me. Like, you know, cherish me while you have me and i just you know you ignore those statements like you know but um i think like the loss uh, there's no words to explain the loss of a mother and i think it's a fear that a lot of people have yeah. you know like i how can you function in a world without a mom like it's just not it's not the same it's not and um and i and i never thought that would happen to me especially like I was 20, you know. I I didn't think that could happen. But I I always thank Allah Azza wa that he did it at the time that he did because I was so strong and I don't take into consideration how strong I was until now. Like I my iman was at a different point, you know. Mm. My my state of thinking was very different at the time, you know. And Allah made it so that I could handle it. And you know that verse where Allah says he never puts his, you know, he never puts a a burden beyond what they can bear. And it's just so true because I was able to handle it. And how else can a person bear the loss of their parents unless they can bear it, you Uh, know, right? Right? when it's time
0: for them to, you know. Right.
1: And and I always think about like the years of buildup of her having, you know, she had ovarian cancer. She had breast cancer. She had brain cancer. She had a little bit of lung cancer. She had TB. She had all types. And I always think that that was like Allah's way of building my character to prepare for that day, you know? Like, it was like, yeah. And, um, alhamdulillah, just because, like, I feel like it makes me navigate how I deal with my father as well a lot differently. Um, and I just always ask for forgiveness now. Like, before yeah. I'm just like, I don't know if you're gonna leave. And what am I gonna do? Like it's funny because you and I had a conversation yesterday, and I
0: asked you for your forgiveness. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, either stop doing <laughs> do that. that. You always do that whenever we talk. She always know. ends with a note
1: on, like, please, can if I... <laughs> I please forgive me if I? Or she'll call me back and be yeah. like, did I say, say something, something to offend you? <laughs> I'm like, either you need to stop doing well, that. Well, that's trauma. But you know what? I'm trying to move through.
0: And and, yeah. and and we were saying, you were saying, you know, this is a good thing to have. It is a good thing. Yeah, it's for a good sure. thing to have. You know, because you don't know what you leave with someone. And my biggest fear is leaving something on a bad note. Right. And not knowing, you know, not having the opportunity to ask for their forgiveness. Right. Right. Because we don't always have the opportunity to ask for forgiveness.
1: We don't. And I think that that's like something I feel like we sometimes forget as humans. Like we think that you know you get into a fight with someone and i think it's so beautiful in islam that you you can't get longer uh, you can't get angry longer than 3 days like yeah. there's there's reasonings for everything yeah um, but yeah and and and, and that's interesting
0: yeah. to say because i don't think a lot of people know that 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 even when you're upset with someone yeah. you know there's there's a there, there's a limit, Subhanallah. There's a
1: limit. There's yeah. a
0: limit um th- that you can go without talking to a person right. until you resolve the matters, and right. that's three days, right? So, and the, you know, and the whole uh, the premises is about reconciliation, and it's right. about forgiveness, it's about also recognizing, taking that time to recognize how human we are, right. and not letting and letting Shaitan like pass, you know, because you get angry, right? Right, and you're just in this like zone, and then you just you, it's, it's an opportunity to come back to yourself and say, right. Subhanallah, like. like what what is it that really matters here? Right. You know
1: exactly, yeah.
0: And our salvation, what matters, right. uh, and uh, and how pleased Allah is with us. But I wanted to ask you. Um, mm-hmm. obviously the loss of your mother was a big one, and it changed the course of your life. And it's been a couple of years since then, right? Um, and you battled a lot. I think mm-hmm. you recognized, like, that you were you were you hadn't properly grieved.
1: Yeah sure
0: tell me like about that like i know like you were fighting and now you're in martial therapy but yeah like tell me about like that grief like what has it turned into and
1: um like so i i didn't know (laughs) like how to cope or how to deal with it because i didn't really know anyone else around me besides one girl whose mother had also passed away from cancer a few years few years before mine um so i didn't really know who to talk to or like um, even though I had my friends, I think I had this fear of like being a burden and like mm. oversharing or being like the the Debbie Downer of the yeah. group, you know, the like, sad one, yeah, the sad one. And you know, like you know, my personality, other, I'm so yeah. like vibrant bubbly. and bubbly <laughs> and like always happy, and I'm like the clown of the group. So you know, they always say about the happiest person in the they're room, they're always the saddest. They're always the saddest, people. right? It's so it's, sad and one. that was literally my life for years, other, mm-hmm. and so I. I didn't realize how bad it was, to be honest, in terms of, like, grief until, like, my friends and, you know, my, like, even my husband started calling it out. I was like, Mm -hmm. oh, like, Mm -hmm. I need to deal with this. You're right. like. And alhamdulillah, I have like super supportive um, friends who understand. Even at this age now, it's so critical to have people who like have your back and who understand you and and understand how you and want to understand you. You know, but um, so my way of dealing with it was um, a, a couple years later. I think it was like two years later. I decided to just write about it yes yeah Hanan's thoughts (laughs) Hanan's thoughts WordPress so if anyone remembers (laughs) Hanan's thoughts they're actually a real one yeah (laughs) yeah. because that was, like, my way of um, sharing to the world how I was feeling. And it was also, like, I thought my way of coping was giving advice to anyone else who else who else was going through it. Because I was like, I need a community of people mm-hmm. who have gone through it that I can, like, talk to. Yeah, I didn't find it. Yeah. But I was able to share. And people were very empathetic and understood. So I felt like I could express what I was going through through words. And yeah. that's what I did. Um, and I think... Uh, I was also able to grieve properly. Um, I'm still dealing with the grief, of course. Like uh, Grief is not something you deal with right away. Yeah, it's not linear either. It's it's not linear. It looks different for everyone. And alhamdulillah, I'm in a much better place. But I still deal. There are still days where it's so hard, you know, because I'm growing. And there's parts of my life where I'm like, wow, so this is what it means when my mother said this, you know. So there's like parts of me. but. Allah Um, my mom left a piece of her with me that I was on a journey to learn more about. Yes, tell me about it. I'm really yeah. excited about this. Because
0: <laughs> I, I read it on your Hanan's Corner's mm-hmm. Thoughts. Yeah, Hanan's Thoughts. It, yeah. Was a, it was a journey you were on. You called it a series where you're writing about it. it. Series, Please tell yeah. us about
1: it because so, this is so dope. Yeah, honestly, it's so it's such a full circle moment out there because like now looking back at it, like even yesterday reading the blog I was yeah. like oh my gosh we were on FaceTime I was like I uh, forgot that I forgot I about like this. this. <laughs> <laughs> I was like oh my goodness yeah. like and I and I read it this morning out that I was crying I was like I forgot that I was feeling like this you know it's writing is such a beautiful way of expressing yourself but essentially my mom um she had this journal Um, And that she showed it to me before she passed away. And she's like, this is what I was writing when I was in Sudan. She was living in Sudan. She was born and raised in Sudan. um, And she would use it as like an outlet. So it was kind of like her diary almost. Um, So she's like, this is what I would write. And she'd have like art. It's just so beautiful. Yeah, You know, I love this journal. And anyone who knows me knows how much I love talking about her journal. Um, And so when she had passed away, my mission Mm -hmm was to figure out what she'd written in that because Ooh. you know her it gives me goosebumps <laughs> yeah it gives me because I have seen the, the picture of first of all your mom's Arabic writing is phenomenal Allahumabatic she's a poet she could uh, you know, the, I went to my Arabic teacher mm-hmm. in, in university I yeah. remember um, this was literally like two months after she'd passed, and I brought the book to him. I was like, "Can you please translate it?" Mm-hmm. He looked at it and he's like, "This is too intricate for me to even translate." Like the Arabic. Wow. Imagine my Arabic teacher said that. Wow, a professor. A professor, and I was like, "Now, how am I going to do this?" Oh no, my god! You trying, trying to tell me my mom is speaking a Morse code?
0: Doesn't try to tell me you can't
1: decipher this at your scholarly level? Right. I was in shock, and um. I made it a mission to really figure out what she was saying. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I found a few friends, and alhamdulillah. They were so incredible. They came with me to a coffee shop and they were like breaking down the root of each word. They would send it to people they knew and we were trying to figure it out. Um, but yeah, the stories um, that she would write about the Sahabas. Uh, wow. She would write about um, like love poems or mm-hmm. poems about the heart. And um, it's incredible because... It, I felt like I was like, I need to laminate this. Yeah. Because, like, this is a part of her story she left for me. And there's still so much that I haven't even... There's so many stories in there that I haven't translated yet that I still don't know. That yeah. I'm literally living my life right now. Like, there's... A, she's telling me something that I haven't... I have it. You know? Yeah. And, um, yeah, like, her storytelling is just incredible. And, um, yeah, so I really was on this, like, mission to try to translate yeah. as much as I could and what I could. And... Um, really taking what she was writing and implementing that into my own life. Um, But yeah.
0: Did it feel like... because I can imagine like deciphering something that she had left behind. It almost feels like she's still around. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, and 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 I think the reason why and and you know what, a lot of people like I love talking about my mama There's so much. Like I just love cuz the more I talk about her and the more I read about her, the more it feels like she's still here and her presence is alive and alhamdulillah, it, alhamdulillah and 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 it makes me feel like she's she's a part of everything that I'm a part of my growth, you know, a mm-hmm. part of a part of my life and 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 how I'm blossoming. And so that journal is like this, it feels like gold. Yeah. Like <laughs> like it feels like gold that you can't put a price on. No. Nope. That Eliza Wajal gifted me with yeah. and was like, here's like, here are all the stories that you want. Yeah. And like, can you imagine someone like my mom alayhama at her young age, just like writing in this book, not yeah. knowing that her daughter would down the line be translating it and like trying to understand. Yeah. It's so incredible. Subhanallah. And what but, a
0: beautiful journey to go on. Cause I know yeah. until today you have some parts uh, memorized, right. there's some yeah. parts that are not yeah. translated. But, so there's still you're still technically on this yeah, journey yeah. to finding out the totality of it. And it's yeah. like a, a book of it. And so I'm very excited to see like and if any listeners are
1: uh <laughs> Oh my gosh are please.
0: professionals about translating, please hit yeah. us up. I will, you know, we will we'll try to do this together, inshallah. inshallah. But speaking just uh, hopping on that, there was so these this journal mm-hmm. allowed you to learn more about her. Mm-hmm. Sometimes like like my biggest fear is that when my mother passes away, um, may Allah be pleased with her. I mean Um, I'm afraid I'm gonna stop learning who she is. Right. This is always a fear it's like that's it. You've right, learned right, you'll, yeah. every you'll ever anything you've ever going to know about her is done. But yeah. subhanallah that wasn't the case for you. Yeah. When she had passed away, it's like you were learning things about her you had never
1: Never. So tell me about that. You know, um, it's now that you've said that I'm like you know what's so crazy when she passed away I remember I was hunting for photos of us together and I had mm-hmm. barely any like maybe one or two mm-hmm. and I and I was like oh my goodness like I have nothing to remember her by I have no pictures. Like, why didn't I take a selfie with my mom?
0: <laughs> you know?
1: But I just remember at that time, too, I don't think I really cared for stuff like yeah. that. I really was just living. Yeah. You know? I mean, like,
0: again, you're not thinking in this place like, oh, like, this person's going yeah. to this- <laughs> like, like, yeah,
1: Like, they're going to die. Yeah. You never think of it. Reminder to
0: everyone, take a selfie with your mom. Please. Right now. I'm not even a selfie girl. Go t- t- book a photo yeah, shoot. <laughs> right, right now. Actually, pause this podcast. Do it right now. No, book it. Just go to her right now, even though she's downstairs talking on the phone with her long-distance cousin. (laughs) Just take a picture with her, commemorate it, and just hold it close to your heart. It's not even just your mom, even if it's your dad or your grandmother. Take
1: those pictures. They're going
0: to mean something later.
1: Videos, everything, you know. Um, But the journal, um, I guess, like, having it in my hand as well was, like, a whole other experience. I I I guess like, I'm about to dive into this world. Um, So I remember when we were in the coffee shop with... uh, two of my friends at the time and they were translating it Um I remember the first line that they had translated um, which is in the blog post I just was like tearing what was the line? you have to open it up I actually don't even remember <laughs> okay actually let me open it up I think it's the first line of the uh, the the one about the heart the qalb.
0: oh yes I have it here for you yeah I'm gonna let you read it
1: Okay. Am I a good reader? (laughs) We're going to (laughs) learn. We're going to find out. (laughs) So she says, um, what are you thinking about and who are you thinking about? So I remember when that was like read. Like when they, I was like, (gasps) (gasps) just like, what are you thinking about? And I'm like, mama, I'm thinking about you. Like, I just like remember, like, it was just such a beautiful
0: First words to be translated that from
1: her words. It just felt like she was speaking to me. That's literally how it felt like. SubhanAllah. SubhanAllah. So yeah, that's what she she says. What are you thinking about and who are you thinking about? Without a doubt, you are not thinking about the present, but rather you are lost, hundreds of miles away from me. And the fruit of the affectionate heart, that is where the mind and heart do not unite. And know that the winds come with what the sailors do not desire— and know that all of what I own for you is my heart, full of love and affection. I loved life because I lived it with you. And that, like, prompts. Oh, my gosh. I can't. I'm like, no, I need tissues. Yo, we, are, we literally <laughs> finished out of this box because I can't. <laughs> I can't. Oh, <laughs> my goodness. Subhanallah. I've, I've, I lived life. I lived life because I lived it with you. I loved life because I lived it with you. That's so like. Where does that line take you back? I, you know, the moment that I told you about where my mom scared us when she had the face mask. Yeah, that she, is she's being quite playful. literally, <laughs> quite literally, top two moments of my life with her, and I and I and it shows like the 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 fruit like the. The liveliness of her nature and how much she loved life—that she was willing to scare the (laughs) shootness out of her kids, like the way we actually pooped our pants. I said she's so playful. I said, yeah, so So playful. playful. Oh my god! I, you know what else she did? Let me tell you another story really quickly. I remember she was okay, so. She was cooking in the mm-hmm. kitchen and mm-hmm. I don't know why she was cooking this. It was like a a head of a goat or something. She was, oh no. So, you know, you know these I African know men, they be know. cooking, they be cooking cow tongue, something I tell you until today I remember the
0: day my mom cooked cow's tongue. I <laughs> said me too. No, you're I I no, I told her you're taking the piss, yeah. I had a British accent. I went to her speak British. I said, now you're taking the piss. you, said, you know what? Dude. Like, what are you doing? It, what is it? And, you know, and mm-hmm. the only thing that will clear a room. Or get us kicked all of us out of her house is when she makes this this, this thing that's called in Somali which is stomach. The <laughs> we way have it, that too. The way oh it God. stinks the so house, disgusting. that issue will stink on you for four so days. No, until I today, Alhamdulillah, I haven't smelled it in years. But I, I always, every now and then, remind my mom: never in your life. <laughs> I feel like an and a stomach? what what have we left no but why What
1: what is left as a way it stinks the house fam no bukhur can fix that No, am it doing no right it's like, like
0: a stench that you're, it's yeah, like you your, br- your memory that. reminds you of the smell have you ever heard that when you Girl, think about a smell you remind, I remember the smell
1: I remember I visited one of my Ghanaian friends and her mother was cooking the same thing oh uh, the stomach I said, oh, I said hey West African too.
0: oh <laughs> my god a <laughs> uh, public, uh, public <laughs> service announcement <laughs> to all the moms that are listening from Africa that keeps and, and there might be other uh, uh but do do I do it? But all the countries that, that cook stomach fat, stomach something, please. Allah It's not necessary. It's true. Especially the way it stinks. And can oh I tell you God. something? The part that disgustes me about alole or the stomach thing is the texture. it oh looks my. like there's pimples oh on it. Oh
1: my gosh.
0: No, no, no. So can disgusting. I tell you? I will I don't I don't understand how you could smell it. Look at the texture and then put it in your mouth. Girl, what about the tongue? Imagine a tongue on your tongue.
1: Does that make sense? <laughs> a tongue on your tongue, it's disgusting. Like what? What is the reason, you, really? What's the I just do re- What is the reason? What was the reason?
0: What is the? But you know, so yeah. I, know I think this is the part where like the diaspora we disconnect. We said no uh, for real. There's some. There's some things on an animal I just like on an animal.
1: No, there's there's at some, at <sighs> point,
0: and not inside me. You no, know? no, no.
1: There's maybe I should be a vegan. <laughs> Maybe, it's, maybe it's I don't bad. know about
0: vegan lifestyle. You know, doing no, that for for, I'm not for me. First of all, East Africa is if we go without meat, it's finished for us. You know no, that. No, I know. Trust my me, poor know. little sister has severe severe anemia, <laughs> and every day my mom. The other day she did grocery. Yeah. She bought. Boxes Mm-mm. of cut up meat, and I, she did it because she, she, she's, she's on pursuit of saving my sister's life. <laughs> <I think> she <laughs> life is on, and it's true. Well, lie, her life, my sister got a blood transfusion for four days. Oh my god, yeah, it's not a joke. So, like, my mom is on this pursuit of like, we're eating meat in this house, yeah, because clearly, you, you need, guys yeah, are we need the protein, we need it. We're gonna, we're finished out here, yeah. my no.
1: sister uh-huh. I'm anemic too. I'm out here playing with my life for real because, yeah. but the way I eat chicken. Mm. I think I cured my anemia yeah. my, <laughs> anemic, my uh, iron deficiency but um, so yeah so she had this uh, like this goat I, I don't even know some type of head of an animal okay mm. so I remember she was roasting it and she put it in the pot and now it's just like almost like a skull like the meat of yeah. it was gone and my little brother oh my gosh he comes into the <laughs> to the kitchen and she just shoves it in his face <laughs> She was Rrr. like <laughs> my mother. Like, why did you do that? No, we won't try to t- 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 And then I don't know why, yeah. but like that. First of all, obviously that scared him because yeah. he was like, "Oh my god, That's oh the head! Of, god. What do you
0: ha- what are you doing with the head of an like, animal? Like, why?" So yeah. that
1: scared him. But like that also translated to his like hatred of fish like he does not like fish anymore and i just don't know why i just linked the two i'm like it's cuz mama scared you that one time <laughs> and now he just cannot He's repulsed. stand He's like repulsed, repulsed of it but yeah like scared. um but yeah like that was like her nature like she was so lively so um energetic mashallah like just such a giver like she I swear she wore the same jacket for like six like she would not change it for like six years mm-hmm. because she just wanted like the clothing on her back did not matter to her mm-hmm. it was about giving what, whatever what it's, that we wanted let's make it you clear know?
0: though your mom was mashallah a very successful entrepreneur They're,
1: the most and honestly I'm not she exaggerating she had money she was balling y'all mashallah, mashallah, mashallah. and I'm not even exaggerating when I say she was quite literally the most inspirational successful woman in the city everyone knew of her people would come to her for advice people would come to her to try to start businesses with her like I you know when people ask me like oh my god how do you do it like and I'm like girl do you know who my mother do you know my mother I was uh, working with her. I was in the trenches. <laughs> the trenches okay. like, I was out here. Everybody knows me. Oh, you're that girl, that daughter, the girl from the flea market. Yeah. Like, you we were out <sighs> here. Tell me about <gasps> that girl being I a flea market. Girl
0: girl. You know, I remember that flea market. It was on St. Clair. Yep. I used to go with my dad, and there was all, because my dad loves the flea market, because there's a lot of like immigrant yes. uh, families yes. that have their own businesses yes. there. That was an opportunity for people to thrive mm-hmm. with their own like stuff. And we. Uh, that's when I got my first cat, by the way.
1: Oh my gosh! My from first the- cat was the flea market. <laughs> the His name was
0: Simba, <laughs> and we returned him the next day. But that's okay.
1: Point is, I got it from that flea market. I'm so but tell me, you so you worked at the flea market with your mom? Yeah. So um, so my so my, when my mom came to this country, like as soon as she entered and touched the soil of this country, she's like, "All right, it's time to get this money. Like mm, it's, it's time to, to get, get this money. It's time to get this money. Like she was not playing. So she." Started, like, an injera business. Injera is a... You know what injera is, right? Mm-hmm. It's what chains and Ethiopians... Um, I'm sure there's other um, countries that eat it as well. But mm-hmm. she started, like, making injera and s- selling it locally. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, that's how she, like, kind of started dabbling her feet in business. Um, and then... She- as when we started getting older, I think I was like eight or nine, she's like told my dad, like, yeah, I think I need to start like a real business here. Like, mm. you know, like mm-hmm. forget about Jeddah. Like I'm gonna sell gold and and clothing and stuff. And so he he like was like, okay. So she opened up her store. It was a very small booth at the time. Mm-hmm. Um and she my mother was so good with people Adar. I can imagine. My mother, Allah ha, like I there's just so much to say. Like, she was just so good with people. She was such a people person. Mm-hmm. She could get someone. Like, she could talk to them for two minutes, and they would buy the whole store. <laughs> she didn't even—literally, her smile was incredible. Allahumma Like, mm-hmm. she would just be like, yeah, so—yeah, and then what did you do tomorrow? I'd be like, you know what? Give me this, this, this. I'm taking all of it. And I was like, oh, my—I'd just be taking notes. And she'd be like, you see how I did? Yeah. Now— Go stand over there and go call all of them. That's how you have to do business. You have to know. <laughs> you have to be a smart lady. Open your mind. I'm like, okay. Open your open mind. Open your mind. Well, uh, you see how I did? You have to be smile, happy lady. I'm like, yeah, okay, okay. okay. Yeah. I got it. I got it. So, mashallah. Yeah, so mashallah, like, it started small. And then it just started expanding and expanding. And it went from one booth to three Wow, and people would travel from like Hamilton, Ottawa, a just lovely. to come to her store on the weekends and buy what they needed to buy. Because at the time, online stores weren't really a thing, mm-hmm. so everything was in person. And Allahumma badik, like she would always jump on the latest trends. And when she would do something, I that I'm not kidding. I remember we were in RAS. She was the only one selling those kaftans. Remember kaftans? Yes, I'm telling you, yes. no one. I'm come to me right now after you listen to those podcasts, guys. If you're trying to prove me wrong, I'm telling you right now, there was no one in the city selling kaftans. Just my mother. <laughs> <laughs> the next year at RIS, Mashallah, mashallah every started telling. I said, "Cause She's your like, mom is a
0: translator."
1: You know, what she said, yeah. "All right, on to the next." <laughs> she was always elevating, mashallah. mashallah. That was like her nature, you know. Yeah. Um. But yeah, so that's who she was as a person, and um, I told you the story. She uh, noticed that. Um, the flea market didn't have uh, a space for people to pray. And there's a lot of Muslim people. Um, well, yeah. there's a good number of Muslim people there. But it's also non. It's known by non-Muslim mm-hmm. um, who, by the way, she had a great relationship with the manager. <laughs> I remember that as well. That's a whole other thing. But there was a stall beside ours that was empty. It was two boots. Mind you, you have to pay for these boots. It's not cheap at all. Um, you pay monthly. So she just goes, you know, we should turn this into a prayer spot for people. Oh. And I was like. Okay, so like a masjid? She's like, why not? Yeah. Why not? Like, yeah. let's do it. And I was like, Okay, okay. okay. <laughs> so she goes to the manager and she tells him, Listen, I want to rent out those two stalls. Um, and I'm gonna flip it and this is what I'm gonna do. And he was so so supportive. He's like, wow. Yeah, like, yeah, do it, you know, like go ahead. So she put a carpet down there. She painted the walls green. Wow. Green is like my favorite color. So she changed it green. And I remember she came up to me. She's like, okay, when you go to school, print out 100 sheets. Print out 99 names of Allah bring them back and we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna make a border <laughs> you know for, for the mosque <laughs> with, the, the 90, <laughs> with the 99 speak. names okay yeah, yeah. she's like we're gonna make this so, and then she used to sell these frames you know those frames with like Allah's names yeah. and like the, the different like um du'as and stuff you know so she was like she framed up the whole it, it looked impeccable yeah. she made like a separate section for women and well, like sha- it Allah was be- beautiful she turned a whole masala. she turned it into a whole masala, and um there was like a handful of people that were Muslim there yeah. and they saw and they were like oh my. I remember there would be music playing in the flea market and yeah. all you hear is that, that and people are like a lot not, like loud you know I was like not, not, <gasps> that not that- us not switching up the- <laughs> 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 not us turning this into like uh, a Muslim flea
0: market <laughs> <laughs> what <laughs> They would do the Adan on speakers. They no. They out loud. Like no so, you speakers. had people in uh, that yeah. your mom would have would do the Adan, they out, did the Adan loud. out
1: loud. So everybody in Every, the market heard. I'm telling you, there's these Adans, mother, like all these random people just walking. You know, white wow. people, black people. Wow, your mom Asians, turned into a country. She she, turned, t- she said, "This is my country now." <laughs> she said, <"This laughs> "I'm is, the captain I'm, now. This is my flea market. I will tell you what to do." <laughs> <laughs> Subhanallah, <laughs> like, and you know, and oh, and and my. and the crazy part was, Allah Hamma, when she passed away, it was still running. Like, obviously, the flea markets closed now. If you guys are from the city, you know, yeah. like, it just doesn't function anymore. But for like a long time, it was still functioning, and they expanded it. Yeah. And I was like how incredible that her good deeds are still piling up subhanallah you know i can't imagine so the amount
0: of rewards she got every trial every person that was visiting everybody every customer yep. people that worked there she yeah. had provided a little a masjid literally a masalah, yeah.
1: they came and they and your mom got the edge for it amazing Subhanallah! And, uh, every
0: person that did sajda every person every person that that glorified allah every a- and, and you know
1: what's so wild i thought, like when she would passed away, um, so uh, first of all, her first janaza was um, really big. Like I saw people that I never, people were flying out from the states. Like mm-hmm. it was huge. Allahumma ba'dik. So many people were there, that it was so big. And uh, was it Salihadin? Was the masjid? You know, Salihadin. Yeah, Salihadin in Scarborough. It was so big mm-hmm. that they had to do a second janaza. Like Muhammad Ali. Literally a second Janazah. Imagine that. They're like, there's not enough space. We need to do it again because there's people that didn't get to come. And like, wow. you know. Mind Allahum you, for Janaza Adar, there were Christian people there. Wow. There were like she had so many non-Muslim friends as well that yeah. I like I told you, they had the tr- like mashallah, incredible people. Mm-hmm. All of them were there. They were there for the second day. They were everyone was there to mourn and 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 pray for her. And um, I remember um, for a really long time, there was people also who didn't know she'd passed away because they were just customers, you know. And they would be like, you know what your mother did for me? Do you know what? Like, they would just tell me all of these good deeds. You know, your mother gave me, you know, $200 and told me, like, she can, I can just give it to her next month, like a random customer. Like, you know, your mother did this. Do you know your mother? Did? Like, I would just keep hearing this. Wow. You know, your mother paid for this person's, uh, you know. Like, their funeral... Call. Do you know your mother... Like, all her good deeds were coming to light when she passed but away. She passed away. And I was like, wow. Like, I need to be that person. Like, I need to be the kind of person that when I pass away, people look at me and they're like, do you know what Hanan did? Yeah. And they just always pray. And I... You know, I you know how I am. Like, I always tell you, bro, like, don't ever stop praying for me. <laughs> like, don't ever forget me in your du'as because you know it doesn't matter if it's your mom your dad your brother your sister your friend like when a person passes away there can be a point especially if you're not active where they just become a memory and you don't pray for them anymore yeah you know so it's so important for like for that to be known and like you just let your friends know like please don't ever forget me like i could die tomorrow please don't ever forget me and just the fact that your your good deeds can come to light like that is just so incredible and it just really showed me um the importance of like yeah. just being a kind hearted soul and that's why i love my name so much and i i try to live by that yeah. and 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 people you know have fear yeah. of like a person who's so nice yeah. because it's just like aren't you afraid of the world and the world breaking that kindness you yeah. know but no because
0: how do you how do you keep it cuz you know like life can sometimes yeah. change a person you know like how people have been taken advantage of and 100%. your generosity and sometimes you could just feel really like glass empty 100 you know?
1: percent. yeah you know? and you know what honestly Adler, that's something i still struggle with for sure i think that i still do take get a, take taken advantage of for my kindness mm-hmm. i think um it's an ongoing battle that yeah. i deal with of like you know you do someone yeah. you do someone so good and they turn around and just not the greatest response yeah, but, but yeah. um one thing i just learned is just um shout out to my husband if you're listening to this. Shout out <laughs> shout out to the hubby. But he told me that it's so important out. to like create boundaries and mm-hmm. like healthy boundaries. Mm-hmm. Um and I didn't understand that. Yeah. But now I was like you're right. Like you know creating those boundaries not just with like people you love but also with yourself like you know and so like we can be kind and navigate this world um in the way that we want and, and I think spreading kindness is so important just like a simple smile there's a reason why you get for it yeah. you know like there's a reason why it's done but I I will always die by the importance of being a kind-hearted soul and, mm-hmm. and spreading kindness and generosity and Absolutely. just learning to build those boundaries and, and knowing when to do it and and when it's like appropriate and yeah. when it's not you know yeah. but and and all,
0: I think also like because <clears throat> I, I feel like I've experienced similar and I always say like what keeps me ground is that when I remember that when I do something out of generosity or kindness that I do it for Allah's
1: sake. Exactly. You know,
0: because like yeah, when you do it sure. Uh, in exchange for mm-hmm. people's respect and yeah. people's love and people's yeah. admiration, right, right. they're always gonna dis- They're always gonna disappoint you. One hundred percent. That's the real. And right. so, and there's no really merit in it. Like right. you, you want to do something that has infinite amount of like reward, right. and, and it is overflowing
1: like a river looks like. One hundred percent. And when you do something for Allah's sake, it's it's always accounted for. One hundred percent. And I think also like it's so important to make it a habit of doing these things in private as well. So, like, uh, like it's. I think. Um, yeah, it's it's fine to do. Th- I think even like, I remember I used to have this fear of like donating in public, you know, in the month of the drink, they'd be like $500. I'm like, how are you so okay with Dude, doing yeah, it openly? I mean, openly? Like, I'm not trying to, yeah. I'm trying to see, the Lord's trying to see me yeah. do it. Like, you <laughs> you know,
0: know what they always say? They always say that whatever you do, that you like whatever reward you like whatever generosity you do in public you got to do more in private right. oh 100%. right and that's to protect yeah. your sincerity right you know exactly what I'm saying? that what exactly. you're doing in front of people is nothing exactly. in comparison what you're doing in private 100%. it's almost like you what you you give what your left hand or is it your right hand doesn't know or your left hand doesn't yeah. see and um and i think it's important i think it's important and you know there's actually there's a, a benefit in mm-hmm. giving in public and giving in private right. we give in public you Benefit you encourage the Muslims right, to give, right? right? Like, if Hanan, the billionaire, yeah, or the you know, a, or a person who maybe is known not to have much is right, giving, right. you feel shy not to give, right? <laughs> you know, right. Giving the last meal, right? Han- <laughs> just give. It encourages Muslims to give, right? And but there is still an element of doing things privately, exactly, because you want to protect the niyah,
1: exactly, and you want to
0: avoid yeah right? Because exactly. riyah is showing off,
1: exactly. Yeah. It's like yeah. this, it's,
0: it's a both balanced thing, but exactly. as long you do a lot in private then what you do in public is safe Exactly, you're good you're exactly yeah so
1: it's just it's so important to like yeah create those boundaries and just actively like making sure that you're doing what you would have done S- like just more like you said in private yeah. but yeah alhamdulillah so yeah that was like who my mother was as a person obviously there's so much more like you i can't sit here for hours and yeah. like i feel like it would take me years mm-hmm. you know but alhamdulillah. Um, her nature, who she was. Um and honestly, everyone that's listening other knows like my <laughs> intentions of like just everyone. Like I just ask that um if you're listening to take like, you know, a minute, two minutes, five minutes to just make da for my mama like <laughs> and just um, ask that Allah forgives her and grants her janatal for dos. Um and I just wanna make sure that 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 that's something that um is just out there and people pray for her. <laughs>
0: So I have a question for you. Mm -hmm. What would you say to your mom if she could see you right now? I would say
1: thank you. I would say thank you. Um, because, um, I would not be able to function the way that I do now and, process the world the way that i do now if it wasn't for how she raised me and if it wasn't for like the value she instilled in me and allah took her away from me at an age where i feel like i still wasn't developing my brain i was 20 you don't mm-hmm. fully develop till you're 25 mm-hmm. but it almost felt like the timing was just right because i was forced to fully fully grow up and so i would just say thank you i love you Mm -hmm. you are a gem um please translate the rest of your journal (laughs) because I want to know what you said um and uh, I'm just forever indebted to my mom like I I owe her so much but I'm just so grateful and um I'd give her a huge kiss and a huge hug and just like tell her what was it like when she looked out the window of Jannah and the grave, <laughs> yeah. inshallah. I always, I always just imagine that she's looking through a window in Jannah and seeing yeah. that. So I'd be like, so what's it like? Yeah, what is it like? <laughs> you know, what but, are you... Yeah.
0: Um, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reunite you with Ameen. your mom. In Jannah to Firdaus uh, A'la, the Ameen. highest level that of Jannah. All may you be greeted. About... The first person that greets you Ameen. is her. Oh,
1: that is literally my dua, yeah. <laughs> like, I, I always... St- SubhanAllah, like obviously du'a is dua, you know, but the first dua I always make every time is Ya Allah make mama, um Allah rahamha, make her the ones who are given their book in their right hand so that yeah. I, and make me one of them as well. So and grant us your shade so that I can see. We can both see you. And yeah. I just know, inshallah, I have so much hope that Allah Azza wa will grant us good and that um when I see her, she can meet all of my loved ones and that uh, she can tell us what it was like and we can tell her what life was like. <laughs> what and life was we like. We can just catch up, you know? Yeah. Like, I can't wait. And it's going to be such a different time. Like, yeah. first of all, we all going to be fly. Like, <laughs> we are going to be 33 years old. Yeah. Like, everybody young. It's going to be different. yeah you know?
0: different. And you know, the cool thing is as uh, the, as the as halves of Jenna they they reminisce about the life in the dunya right. you know they talk to each yeah. other and they say remember when we went through this <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> when I went through that by yeah. the way you know this happened did you know yeah. like you know and they even ask about each other right. they say where's so and right. so and so and so and um, it's important, you know, like may Allah allow us to be those people I in mean, Jannah that I reminisce mean. about the hard times and say, alhamdulillah, we made I it, mean, you I know, mean, we made yeah. it by the mercy of Allah, because it is his mercy that we enter, I mean, you know, yeah, not is, just our own good deeds right, by his mercy. I mean. But um. before we go, I really wanted to talk about Hanan's corner, okay, <laughs> okay. <laughs> Hanan's corner, okay, <laughs> not Hanan's corner, not Hanan's corner, <laughs> <laughs> guess what, not only are you Hanan, you know, the daughter of <clears throat> i never asked you what your mom's name was mariam maria allah mabarak like, that's such a
1: beautiful name? that is such a beautiful mariam, name i know she, she, wow that's, right it's really deep sorry because yeah.
0: i'm thinking of who yep. she's named after yep. that's beautiful yeah.
1: <laughs> i should have started with her name that's yeah. what i just went
0: into my mom was so okay let's talk about Hannah's corner yeah. So, um, some of the some of the, some of the listeners probably already know you mm-hmm. from your Instagram page mm-hmm. and your incredible art. Thank you. love it. I never seen a black woman draw black women so beautifully. Oh, thank you. <laughs> thank and for you. you to like celebrate all of, oh my god you know one thing about i loved how you celebrate everyone yeah you know you remind me of my mom oh my mom is like so also sweet. a bramble lady so she sell all of her bramble yeah and she celebrates everyone I right love that. and and you are I the same us. way I in your that. art so it's Thank like you. i love how inclusive you are yeah. i love how you 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 take the time to learn about everyone's yeah. culture that's
1: big for me yeah, yeah? and definitely. i love that
0: you've like made it your job to yeah. share underrepresented Definitely, you know, under various yeah. like groups and people and cultures. Yeah. So tell me, how did you become Hanan's corner? How did that happen? Well, were you always in a corner? Did you start in a corner? You know what? Uh, <laughs>
1: it's a beautiful. It's a beautiful story, but also it's very short. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so I've always like it's so weird calling yourself an artist. I feel like artists understand that when you call someone an artist, you're like, uh, like it's it's such an interesting um, title. But I. Uh, I had always been into art. I was always creating. Um it was more traditional art and I was sharing it on my Instagram page, but it was obviously like it was a private page. It was just like my friends um and they would be like, "Oh my god, your art's so beautiful. Like share mm-hmm. more." But I was like creating like I was just creating and I and I and I was just sharing like the process essentially yeah. of like painting and I was um there was a lot of it was very faith-based um art mm-hmm. which was like um where I was I was at, at the time as well and Um, So then uh, the pandemic happened and um, I was doing my master's at Queens. Um, So I was like stressed out of my mind, Mm -hmm. but I was also bored because I was at Queens and, you know, Queens, it's like an all-white area. Mm -hmm. Um, So no one looked like me. So I didn't really have friends. So I was like, okay, so what are you going to do to fill up your time? Because you're five hours from home and, you know, you do love art. So why not just invest in an iPad Mm -hmm. and just try it because – The mediums of buying, like, uh, there's different mediums of art, but, like, buying the traditional art supplies was getting really pricey as a student. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I can't afford this right now. So let me just get an—I mean, an iPad's still expensive, but it was an investment for me. So I got it, and then I started just, like, randomly just creating and sharing and— I wanted to pay homage to like my country first and foremost because no one really knows where Eritrea is. Our culture is so beautiful. The people are so beautiful. So I just started creating, mm-hmm. sharing and it just slowly started growing um but I knew that I didn't want to just like share my own culture I just wanted to show the beauty of other cultures as well like I created art for like Somalia Ethiopia different tribes and ethnic groups within like each country because I feel like that's also underrepresented and I just didn't see art like that absolutely so I was like I just created it honestly for fun and then it just slowly became Henan's Corner yeah. and like this like beautiful space yeah where people could go to feel seen yeah and um it's wild because remember i told you about that art competition that my mom had yeah. um you know like pushed me to go to and the art piece that i i wish i had a picture but it was a, a piece of like these finjals like you know the little cups for coffee for gahwa mm-hmm. so it was like these little cups and um A thermos. That's Mm -hmm. what I drew with like the little tray. Wow. Yes. And you guys see that a lot in my art. (laughs) A lot of it. A lot of it. That's like it's like everything has intentionality, and there's always like my art comes from somewhere, you know, Mm -hmm. and um and yeah, like there's definitely a lot of research that goes into pieces before I create, um you know whether it's contacting friends who are from there or you know making sure that it's as accurate as possible. It's like a big big deal for me, but. There's beauty in art and beauty in seeing yourself in art. And I believe we're all art. Yeah. You know, and we're all artists too. You know? Allah is the greatest of artists. Yeah. He created all of us and
0: um and you know, created us in the best fashion. Exactly. Um, um, when you think about the ninety nine names of Allah, Mm -hmm. which one do you which one do you think about
1: the most when it comes to your story? Um, the most forgiving. So, and um, for me, it was, um, like I said, that conversation that I had with my mom, where she asked for our forgiveness, which to me did not make sense at the time. Because I was like, you are literally an angel. <laughs> there is nothing. But that name, Allah's name, is a name that sticks with me. And it's a name that stands out with for me. And it's a name that helps me cope in this harsh world because I always remember that I could sin. I could literally be the worst person on earth and Allah will always forgive me as long as I turn back to him. And even in that moment where she was so brittle and Mm -hmm. weak to have the strength to ask for forgiveness, you know, for a lot of people asking for forgiveness is not easy, it takes a lot of you have to break that ego mm-hmm. and that pride that some people hold to just ask for that. She had none of that and I know it doesn't matter if she w- she was my mom. Mm-hmm. Like even asking is still it's a big deal. So that moment really reminds me of that name and that name is what helps me navigate this world and it just makes me remember like why I am how who, who I am. Why I am the way I am and it just reminds me of like the mercy of Allah. Azawajal. And, you know, like, if the love of a mother is like this, what is the love of Allah Azawajal like? Like, I can't imagine, you know. But alhamdulillah. So, yeah, I think that name.
0: I just, I want to leave on this final note. And I know you're going to hate me for doing this. But <laughs> today you picked me up from my house. <laughs> oh, my goodness. And and this, I'm talking to the listeners. She picked me up from my house to come so we can come to the session together. And she brought me a gift and i know i know oh you gave goodness. this out of the kindness of your heart <laughs> but it's funny cuz i didn't re- i didn't re- i didn't reflect on what your name meant yeah and I, and the car what i had so basically she had given me a frame mm-hmm. of an image <laughs> that i always wanted i always wanted this image of this nakabi like you know, with, you know, and her glasses on this like um biker yeah. like there's like those those most serious yeah. biker, and I think it for me it was symbolic, I don't know why I don't drive guys, and for multiple <laughs> reasons because of trauma, they a lot free me from the trauma I that mean, I have like, motto car accidents, yeah. but i always i i'm I, I've always imagined my alter ego to be on a bike yeah. okay? because if you're gonna if I'm gonna drive, you know, and I'm gonna be super confident, yeah. I'm gonna do the most is on a those big bike ride right. Runs, right. right? So I, I told you, oh, I, I really want an image of me and like TDS somehow and me on a bike to kind of like imagine my alter ego. You know how Lizzie I had a yeah. cartoon character?
1: And you said that as like a passing Yeah, I Was a passing th- yeah. I did
0: not think that you would ever even remember. <laughs> and today she picked me up and she j- made that drawing and then you framed it in a yeah. gold frame. And... uh and I literally ran out of the veal. I took it. <laughs> I was shook. Okay. And, and, and it's funny because you commemorate around my episode, the wallflower. And uh, guys, you have to, I'm going to post it somewhere. It's so beautiful. And it's so sentimental. And I took, I, I didn't even have the opportunity to tell you. Thank you. I took it from you. shocked. <laughs> she and away. I ran it away and I went to, cause I came in the car. I went to my dad. He <laughs> was the so first person sweet. that I saw. My I goes, This I kid you not, guys. My my family got may Allah be pleased with them. I I showed my dad. Said, "Dad, look." He goes, "Is that a Tony Award? (laughs) Did you get a Tony Award for a podcast?" (gasps) Are you somebody now? I said, <laughs> To be fair, illa it billa. looks like that though. Cause no, because the, the gold frame and the way it looked like. Uh, it, it's actually and so and beautiful. obviously, when you show Jonathan, John's like, it basically looks like a toy. Yeah. <laughs> it looks like you're getting a platinum album or something. My dad, well I thought, oh, I uh, the podcast is on me, no. I had to bring him back down. I said, This mashallah, to barakah, father. But this is a painting. My, it's, my, Jonathan said it's better. Um, My dad, I, I was like, now no. you're making it weird. I got to tell you that my <laughs> friend did it. And that's when you met my dad. And my yeah. dad, like, he's so sweet Mashallah. he's so funny he's like can you make me one of me <laughs> <He's so laughs> for what <laughs> Mashallah. I'm so happy you but I it. I just want and and I and I, we came back into the car and I told you that you're the most generous person I Aww. know and it's so funny my that heart. you said on the podcast like yeah. you know like my name is generosity and I just want to tell you that like you emulate that Aww, in its you. entirety and and I know so many of your friends and so many of your loved ones would agree yeah. how generous you are and like <sighs> your your you. generosity is not even any kind of generosity it reminds me of Allah. You know, the generosity of Allah. Look how generous Allah is. You give and, and 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 it's not exchanged. You just do it out of kindness to your heart and you're so thoughtful. And I ask Allah to truly, Amen. to bless oh you, Amen. to forgive you, to keep you steadfast. May Allah to always be with you. May He love you always. And Amen. ultimately, at the very end of all of this, at the end of our, all of our paths, when we all reunite with Allah, that Allah is pleased with you. Amen. And that when you, Admitted to Jenna, the first person that greets you is your mom,
1: and she says,
0: "Welcome home, boy." And like she tells you, you know, she hugs you. She's like, "I'm I'm so happy that you're here."
1: What are you thinking about, and who are you thinking about? Without a doubt, you are not thinking about the present, but rather you are lost hundreds of miles away from me and the fruit of the affectionate heart that is where the mind and heart do not unite and know that the winds come with what the sailors do not desire and know that all of what i own for you is my heart full of love and affection
0: i loved life because i lived it with you <laughs> This episode is brought to you by Beautiful Light Studios, recorded at Image Studios Toronto. I'd love to give a shout-out to our executive producer, Manishik Umar, our producer, Nima Haroun, you did a great job, sis, our recording engineer, Jonathan Lilo, our graphic designer for this week, Hanan's Corner, our project manager, Yasmin Mahmoud, and our marketing extraordinaire, Sosan Abdullahi. If this podcast or this episode gave you value, relieving it up to you. Donate however much you feel like it gave to you. We have a big team who put so many hours in bringing this show to life. You can't, if you can't give right now, that's cool. Keep us in your drives. You can find all of our information on our Instagram or in the show notes below. I'll see you guys next week in your ear, in your speakers. Telling you what? A good story.